All right, we are working on Sunday nights. If you're with us for the first time, perhaps, uh, what people want to know about the Bible, the concept is that most of the folks in the world uh, just have some very basic questions. They've heard things. They have a little respect for the Bible as somehow God's Word, and they wonder, does it really say this, or does it really say that, or what's it say about this? So we're picking a number of different topics, and uh, right now we're on questions about creation, because people do ask a lot of questions about creation. Uh, is the Genesis account true? Do you think God really created everything in six 24-hour days? Uh, how old is the earth? Uh, do we believe in some kind of evolution or not? Uh, all those things not only are questions that people in the world ask, but they make the front page every once in a while. Uh, those things are a concern of governments and school systems and uh, voters and all kinds of things. So people do ask about all this. Uh, last week we talked about, spent our whole time basically talking about why are we studying this? Uh, is it essential that we know all the answers to this? And uh, no, it's not essential. Uh, in the grand scheme of things, what we talked about this morning is of ultimate importance and ultimately more important than what we're talking about tonight. Uh, tonight's interesting and we need to know it uh, to answer people's questions and I think it's good for us to have some understanding how to answer these questions, uh, but I don't think a super correct understanding is essential to salvation by any means. Uh, tonight we're going to talk a little bit about evolution, and uh, I thought during the week, I thought, okay, I'm going to get up there and kind of talk like I know a whole lot about science and evolution and, and all that, and I don't. Uh, the thought occurred to me, with what I know, uh, would I be willing to, you know, have a debate with some genius scientist? Uh, would I be willing to sit down and talk to Stephen Hawking about why I believe in evolution. Uh, probably be pretty easy because I wouldn't understand him and he wouldn't understand me, but we, we'd probably get along pretty well. Uh, but would I be willing to do that? And it occurred to me that, yeah, the only reason I would hesitate or would be uh, nervous in any way would be that I would feel like the little boy in the emperor's new clothes. You know? I'd just be so simple to say the things I know, but the whole world kind of says, you can't really believe that, can you? The whole world almost comes down on us and says, you had not got any sense at all. But it really is that simple. Um, so I thought, I don't know if I could keep it on that simple level. I'd probably get uh, overwhelmed by the the huge and complicated arguments, but I'd keep asking the same simple questions, and I don't think they could answer them. Uh, so, let's uh, cover a few things, and I just want to establish my credentials that, no, I'm not an expert on this, but I've read enough and listened to enough people lecture about it and remembered enough that I think I got some of the basics down. And I think that's all Christians need is some of the basics of when we hear evolution or special creation. What are we talking about? All right. 
definition. Let's start with evolution itself. Uh, Darwin uh, propagated the, the, the general theory of evolution, that basically everything came from something uh, by slow natural selection and mutations, uh, amoeba to man is the general theory of evolution. Somehow life was created, and from there it evolved to where we are today. Uh, another kind of evolution, or special, specific evolution, if you want to call it that, is that there are limited changes within kinds. If you read Genesis, that's how God created things. He said, let uh, all the living creatures create after their own kind. So there's kinds or species or whatever scientists call them, but are there changes within that? Yeah, we see changes. Uh, most uh, humans, in our part of the world anyway, are taller and bigger than humans used to be. Uh, we've got better nutrition, we've got all better disease control and all sorts of things, and we're getting bigger. Some of us are getting bigger a bad way, but uh, physically taller and all of that, the, the human race has evolved. Okay? Now that's within a kind. Uh, Darwin kind of originally got his theory of evolution, uh, started thinking about it because of animal breeders. Uh, people that breed animals change the appearance of the breed and uh, different characteristics by mixing certain things within kind. Uh, we see all kinds of different dogs these days. I don't think in the garden, I don't think there was a Chihuahua and a Great Dane. Uh, I think we got there over the centuries through selective breeding uh, from the original canine kind. Uh, and we see that. Things change over time. Pheasants are a lot smarter today than they were when I was a kid. Uh, I'm not kidding. They really are. Uh, I think we shot all the slow ones and all the ones that sat still, uh, and they run more now. They really do. Uh, that's selective breeding. Uh, the ones that tended to sit still and wait for you, they got shot. Uh, so over 40, 50 years, I think, maybe wild pheasant is a lot smarter, or at least runs a lot more than it used to. Uh, so, yeah, I believe that there are limited changes within kinds. Uh, second thing I want to put in the storehouse, and if you can keep some of these, that's fine. Uh, both evolution and belief in God... Both belief, both belief in evolution or belief in special creation. Both of those are by faith. Okay? I've got an article I didn't bring in, take time to read it. Uh, but there was one in the paper not too long ago that the headline said it wasn't by faith. Science wasn't by faith. And I thought this would be interesting. See how he explains this. And he didn't explain it. He just said it. Okay? Uh, but science, when you get back to the start, and actually the whole theory itself, uh, you got to take it on faith. Uh, God and creation, you got to take it on faith. They're unprovable because nobody saw it. Okay, uh, that's what 
provable is. If, if anybody saw creation or saw evolution starting or saw the Big Bang, uh, then it's a matter of observation, but it's not. We believe it. So we're in the same boat. Uh, it's a matter of who's got better facts and more evidence uh, that leads you one direction or another. Uh, in fact, not only is uh, evolution and God or creation a matter of faith, evolution is not science. Okay? Uh, some people may look at me a little funny and say, well, what do you mean? The scientists teach it. Okay, they teach it. Uh, but it doesn't even fall within the realm of science. Uh, at least what they taught me in fifth grade or sixth grade or somewhere, what science is. I don't know what they teach today, uh, but science is, as I put on your handout here, uh, the study of the physical and natural world and phenomena, especially by using systematic observation and experiment. That's what science used to be when I was in fifth grade, is you, you look at things and you observe it and you write down what you saw. And if you see it enough, you can conclude that this is the way the world works. Okay, That's science. How many of you in here know what temperature water boils at? Most everybody. Uh, how do you know that? Or how, how did we just figure that out? Yeah. Well, somebody boiled water and measured it after somebody invented the, the thermometer. And voila, it boils every time at 212 degrees. And so some guy said, water boils at 212 degrees. That's a natural law. That's the way the world works. And then somebody in Denver one day boiled water and said, oh, no, it doesn't boil at 212 degrees. It's different. And somebody said, well, maybe it has something to do with elevation. So we observed what it boiled at here and here and here and here, and we figured out, huh, altitude does have something to do with it. Yeah, that's science. Yeah, Evolution is completely outside of that realm. Nobody ever saw it. There's no evidence of it in existence. Uh, it's not any way you can follow the scientific method. The scientific method requires the five senses. You either see it, feel it, touch it, taste it. Uh, it's got to be observable. You've got to be able to repeat it to make sure you're right. And when you're done, all it can tell you is how something works. can't tell you why. I don't know why water boils at 212 degrees. I'm sure somebody's got some ideas on that. But the why is not in the realm of science. It's the how that science studies. Okay, So when you think about what science is, evolution is not science. It's just a theory of how maybe things got here. Of course, it's a little worse than that because it's a bad theory of how things might have got here. Okay. All right. Um, I think that's the next thing I say, in fact, is evolution uh, was seriously flawed when it started. When Darwin came up with it, started dreaming up the idea, uh, he had some really bad assumptions. 
Remember, he was working from kind of the idea of animal breeders and all that natural selection. Uh, but his only way to explain that was to say, well, it happens because of mutations. Because no grand breeder is mixing things and creating things. It's, it's just a mutation happens. And if it's a helpful mutation, it stays and the species gets better and it retains that and on and on and on until it's improved somewhat. Uh, the assumption in there that just blows everything right out of the water is, he said, helpful mutations. I'm not sure anybody's ever seen a helpful mutation. Uh, mutations are bad. Almost, I mean, like I said, I'm not sure there ever has been a good mutation. You know, well, we see a two-headed calf at the fair. That's a mutation. Okay, That's not good. It doesn't work. Uh, they can't decide where to eat. You know, I mean, not a good thing. And that's what mutations are. If something happened, some genetic defect or birth defect or something happened, and something bad happened. Yeah. Well, that's what his whole theory is based on, is that enough good mutations happen over a long enough time that things get better, and not only just get better, but change from kinds all the way from an amoeba up to a man. That's beyond comprehension. Uh, another bad assumption of evolution, and especially improving evolution, is consistency. To, to prove that something is so many years old or to assume that this is the way it happened, uh, so you've got to assume that it's always worked the way it works now. It's always been consistent carbon dating and all that, assume that everything went at the same pace forever. The best illustration I ever heard of that uh, uh, was a bathtub or a sink. If you've got a drip, 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 and you go in there and there's two gallons in the sink, and you say, how long ago did that drip start? I can figure that out. If... I assume that drip's always been going at the same speed. Okay. I can measure how many ounces it's giving me a minute. I can calculate how much is in there. I can say it started two hours ago. But in truth, it could have happened three minutes ago. You could have filled the sink and then set the thing to drip, 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 and I'd be completely wrong. Because I assume it's been consistent. Well, that's, that's all evolutionists have about the past. Nobody was there to measure it. So it's based on an assumption that is an assumption. Possibly true, but more likely not. And all the different weathers and climates and everything else we've had, things probably happen a little bit differently. And I know this sounds kind of outlandish if you've just heard people talk about how evolution is Settled science, and anybody that doesn't believe in it's goofy. Uh, but the next statement's even worse. Uh, evolution's based on no proof. Okay? There is no proof of an intermediate species. Uh, no proof. There's no missing link. They talk about them, but there, isn't, there aren't any. 
there's a few creatures that we look at and we say, well, that's kind of weird. Like a platypus is kind of weird. But you can't find two things on the evolutionary tree that it fits between. And if it really happened, like Darwin said it does, then there'd be gazillions of them. They'd be everywhere. In fact, he said that was one problem he had. Well, I put it on here. I forgot I printed it for you there at the bottom of that about third paragraph or so. Darwin's own words in chapter 6, he wrote about difficulties with his theory. And he said, firstly, why, if species have descended from other species by insensibly fine gradations, do we not everywhere see innumerable transitional forms? Why is not all nature in confusion instead of the species being as we see them well-defined? Well, he pointed that out as a problem. That's not just a problem. That's a, that's a killer problem. You know, to, to still base your theory and say, well, I don't see where this happened, but I think it must have happened. Well, you really just left science. Really, really left science at that point. Because not only are you not observing observable things, you're figuring out that if this was true, I should be able to observe this, and then just discounting it. Uh, there aren't the missing leaks. The, the, the life farms just explode in, in the fossil record and everywhere else. Just all of a sudden, there's all these life forms and nothing in between them. Uh, and they ought to still be around today. I mean, why would evolution stop working? There ought to be some creatures just crawling out of the lake with little bitty legs that are just getting formed. And some people say, well, it's a salamander or something. No, it ought to be happening all the time. It shouldn't be a distinct species that always replicates itself just like it is. There ought to be something in between. Okay, uh, then you talk about a killer. I'm saying that Darwin's theory was seriously flawed when he published it back in the 1800s. And today, we know much so much more that makes it absolutely preposterous for it to happen. Because we know now the hows of DNA and uh, all the information that's in a single cell. We didn't used to know that. Well, when Darwin published his theory, compared to today, it wasn't that horrible a theory. Maybe a mutation would be a little better and it might stick and maybe more mutations would stick and all of that. But that's not what determines things. The information in the DNA determines things. And the more we learn about that, there's no way we can explain evolution, knowing what we know in there. You just got to take it on faith. Say we're going to believe it anyway. All right, here's a few real quick basics. Uh, evolution's not only not scientific, not only a flawed theory, 
uh, it doesn't pass any kind of logic test you can come up with or common sense. Uh, things I said on here, you can't explain the complex design of nature without a designer. Okay? You just can't do it. That takes a simple argument uh, to, to point that out. I mean, the famous one is the watch. Uh, you know, nobody would believe that I just found this watch. It was an explosion in a scrap factory, and the metal all fell together and made it just fine. Nobody would believe that. But the universe is ten trillion gazillion times more complicated than this watch. And to say it just fell into place is it, preposterous. A uh, great story about that. I don't even know if it's true or not, but I've heard it so many times. I think it is. Some professor that espoused evolution argued with his compatriot who didn't. And overnight, the one compatriot went into the, his office and built out of paper mache and all that a whole replica of the solar system and hung it from the ceiling. And the evolutionary guy came into his office the next day and looked around. And he said, who did this? The guy said, Nobody. It just happened. Well, no, I don't believe that. That's not possible. Well, yeah, it is. It just happened. I mean, the only difference between that and what the evolutionary guy believed is time. A few million years. And if you look at that paper mache and say that's in such good order and all that and it fits together. No, that couldn't just happen. Yeah. You can't explain it. Uh, this is one of my this is what I would keep saying to Hawking if he had to debate had to debate him. Uh, I'd I'd say you can't explain any one thing in nature by evolutionary theory. You pick anything you want. Animal, vegetable Whatever you want, you pick it. You can't explain it to me through evolutionary theory. And I've been saying that for years. Nobody's explained one to me. I mean, you can make the theory that, okay, things changed a little bit and all that. You pick anything you want. Go out in the yard and pick a blade of grass. You tell me how that evolved. You tell me how a plant that when you put a little seed in the ground, a little bitty seed, it will germinate somehow and send down roots and send up a blade that will then, if you don't mow it, it will then send up a little stalk with more seeds that will make more of it. And you can show me, there it is, and yeah, that's how it works, but you tell me how it evolved into that. Because in your theory, it came somehow from moss or lichen or some element, more elementary plant, how? How many mutations would that take? And why would they stick? And then you try to explain all the different kinds of grasses or seeds. Or I mean, sorry, I'm not smart enough. I don't have enough faith to believe that. Not possible. Can't explain any one thing at all. And then you try to explain some system, something that's a little more complicated, that has to work together, and man, you're really stuck, I think. My favorite one's the rattlesnake. You know, rattlesnake, how's it operate? Well, it's got a 
poison that it shoots through hollow things to paralyze its enemy and so it can eat it. Okay, I see how that system works. But how did that mutate? Um, was the, the poison sac the first mutation? And if so, why would it keep the poison sac if it didn't have any poison to put in it? And if the poison was the first mutation and it didn't have a sac to keep it in, wouldn't the poison kill the snake? You know? And if you got the sac and the poison in it, what do you do with it? Well, a hollow fang mutated sometime. Well, when? Before or after you got... Because, see, all these mutations are supposed to be helpful and good. You know, a snake with a hollow fang without any poison to shoot through it, that isn't good. His fangs are more fragile. Yeah. Once he's got some poison to shoot through, that's kind of helpful. I mean, that's one little teeny tiny system with three parts in it. Well, there's more parts than that. You've got to have some tubes to shoot the poison through and all, some, all sorts of stuff. But, man, you can't explain that one. Darwin had a problem with the eye. He couldn't figure out how the eye would work. Now, he went ahead later and wrote that he could kind of imagine how it might have happened. But he said it was really beyond his imagination how a system that complex could arise. So uh, he recognized he had a few problems in his system theory. Uh, the diversity in the world. You know, it, it, think about this. You're working on a system that mutations happen, and if it's helpful to the uh, thing, <laughs> animal, whatever it is, if it's helpful to it, then it retains it and all that. You try to explain to me all the colors in the flower world and the designs in the flower world. Some of them you can say, okay, that color attracts butterflies. Okay, I'll buy that story. But, but you look at some of the designs God came up with, you can't explain that with evolution. It's not possible. Male and female, where'd that come from? I mean, why did male and female ever evolve? If a single one gender creation could replicate itself and all that, man, think of all the trouble we could have saved. You know, <laughs> there's no reason for it to come from evolution. The procreation itself. There's no reason for that to change. I mean, what's the most effective reproduction system in the world? Best one I know is a dandelion. Them babies can replicate now. Okay? One little bitty thing. It turns yellow for a little while so you can see it if you don't want them in your yard. But then it goes into this thing with a little puff ball on it. And those little things go all over and there's dandelions everywhere. That is simple, efficient, effective. It works. Why would evolution go beyond that? I mean, much less go to where you come up with a human reproductive system. You talk about overcomplicating things. 
Evolution would never do that. It would find something that worked and it ought to just stay there. But no, we got all kinds. You can't explain it with evolution. Uh, you can't explain why lower down the tree, some things have got better things than us. I mean, we're supposed to be at the top of the tree. But I can't see as good as an eagle. Wouldn't that be helpful to me to be able to see as far as an eagle? I'd like that. Well, why did that go away as you got further up the tree? You can't explain that to me. You know, I like to swim, but I'm not very good. If I had gills, you know, I'd be a lot better at swimming. Well, why'd that go away? I mean, if you're talking evolution, all this just happened up the tree and... Why did it stay with some and go away with others? And we get worse in some areas. Doesn't make any sense. Okay. Uh, hopefully you can remember a few of those things in your connections with folks that wonder. Uh, I put a bunch of quotes on here that, uh, to me, help me understand why this is so preposterous. Uh, Dr. Henry Morse director of Institution of Creation Research, so he's pro-creation. He said the main reason most people believe in evolution is simply because they've been told that most educated people believe in evolution. Okay? If you stop and think about it, like we have for the past 30 minutes, it doesn't make sense. But if you're told, well, everybody believes in that. The emperor does have new clothes. Say, so, okay, I'll go along with that. Arthur Keith, president of Britain's Royal Anthropological Institute, who is an evolutionist, said, Evolution is unproved and unprovable. We believe it because the only alternative is special creation, and that is unthinkable. There's a very honest statement, folks. That's what it comes down to. Not many will say that, but he was honest enough to say it. When I started this tonight, I said that both are by faith. You get back to the start, and you got to decide, did this just happen somehow, or did God make it? And he says, we get back there, and the only two options are evolution or special creation, and we can't admit that there's a God. That's unthinkable. We're naturalists. We don't believe in anything supernatural. So we can't prove it. It hadn't been proven. But it's the best option we got. Because the only other option is to admit that there's a God. That gets into what we talked about last week. Then he has some say in your life, and that's not a good thing. Uh, another guy, chair of evolution at the University of London, said the same thing almost exactly. Uh, well, evolution is accepted, not because it's been observed to occur or can be proved by logically coherent evidence to be true, but because the only alternative, special creation, is incredible. Yeah, that and the other quotes that I put down here, one thing I thought as I looked over them, I said, those are old quotes. I got some of those decades ago. When I heard somebody lecture or whatever, I wrote them down. Those are old quotes, real old. And the bad news about that for evolutionists is that it's gotten worse. 
with all we've discovered about DNA and information science and all that, it's even worse for their case. So they're old, but they're nowhere near out of date. In fact, they're more modern than ever. All right, enough on all that. You don't need a Ph.D. to discuss evolution with somebody. You just need a little common sense and a, a few basic stories. Tell the story about the solar system in the room. Uh, ask them where your watch came from. You know, my line, if Hawking walked in right now and said he'd like to debate, I'd say, I'd like to believe in evolution. If I could just explain a rattlesnake. Yeah, if you can help me understand how a rattlesnake got here, I'll, I'll start to go with you. And I don't think he could. Well, that's beyond logic how evolution could have handled something that simple. Okay, we'll continue a few, few more details from first parts of Genesis or some other questions that people have in there next time we're together. If you're here tonight and need to respond to the Lord's invitation or have some other need of us, I'll be here at the front. Uh, let's stand and sing.